anything worse than a dull blade? Well, yeah, lots of things, I guess. Poverty, war, missing a two-foot putt for birdie after sticking the tee shot on a par three. Time to go home there, ball. Oh, why didn't you just go home? That's your home! Are you too good for your home? Answer me! Seriously, though, a dull blade is bad. It's unusable. In fact, it's downright dangerous. Knives need sharpening. From Whetstone Boys Ranch in Mountain View, Missouri, comes A Time to Sharpen, a bi-weekly podcast that examines how we can all be better versions of ourselves, better teachers, better counselors, better parents, better people. Brandon tells us at the beginning of each podcast that the ensuing conversation will help us to become better teachers, better counselors, better parents, better people. I always like hearing him say it, because first of all, it reminds me of who our intended audience is, and that's important when you're doing a podcast. And second, because it reminds me that I am all three. All adults, whether it's their occupation or not, whether they have children of their own or not, serve in each of these capacities at some point to some person. Take youth ministers, for example. They are teachers of God's word, counselors to the teens in their group, and parental figures to young people who have either lost a parent or who, for some reason, tend to dismiss the advice that their own parents provide. A wise friend of mine describes the teenage years as a black hole that teenagers get sucked into and then have to find their way out of. The voice that calls them back from the abyss is often not the voice of their birth parents. It's often the voice of someone like Jeremiah Woodring, youth minister at Pomona Christian Church. That would be oddly specific if we weren't going to talk to Jeremiah right now, but we are, so yeah, not awkward. Welcome back to A Time to Sharpen. This is Axel Limata. I'm here with Brandon Maxwell. Hello, hey, Brandon. Axel. Good to be back here. We have uh, we have less records in here this morning, so... Yeah, no. I guess you were doing your tinkering. We're back thing. in studio. Back in studio. I think I called it two on the last podcast. I'm a, I'm gonna call it Studio B. Studio I like that B. better. That sounds more official. Okay. So we're in Studio B, and we're here with a special guest this morning. Yes. Jeremiah Woodring. All right. That's right. <laughs> Golf clap. Yeah. How you doing, Jeremiah? Thanks for coming in. I'm doing. I'm doing very well. Yeah. Some of you may know. Jeremiah, some of you uh, have worked very closely with him over the years. He's the youth minister at Pomona Christian. How many years now? Uh, just started my 18th. So 18 years. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. I so, think you've uh, skewed the national average of youth ministry by, <laughs> yeah. what, probably 12 years? 12 least. years at, <laughs> at least. least. Yeah. So you've been at it long enough to where a child uh, in your youth group was born during the time that you were there. And oh, went yeah. From infant to oh, yeah. 18 year old i got kids right now if that yeah. are like that wow definitely congratulations <laughs> thank you yeah. <laughs> yeah that's uh i guess that's a, a good milestone it's yeah. better than the other option i guess yeah and and i've been able to work pretty closely with jeremiah over the last oh since my kids were teenagers i guess yeah eight years ago now mm -hmm. um seven eight years and been on field trips with him and we just went on a hiking trip out to north carolina Panther Valley? Yeah, Panther Town Valley. Panther Town yeah, Valley. Yeah. Pretty amazing spot. Yeah, yeah I was bummed at, uh, glad my, my wife and son got to go on that. Oh, yeah. But, uh, vicariously lived the trip through them on the way home or on their way back. So 
Um, yeah, great trip. Sounded like it was yeah. a big success. Yeah, I just want to thank you publicly for putting that together and making that happen mm. with Discovery Ministries uh, here in, in our area. And um, my son really benefited from it. He said he felt, I don't know, how did he say it? He said he just felt more at peace, Yeah, I guess, is the way he described it. Well, that's great. Yeah, I mean... just getting out in nature and listening to just quieting and stilling the voices that are the devil is kind of getting at you and you can get away from all that and just recenter and uh so that was a real gift real blessing thank you yeah yeah it's a we've done that several times that that particular trip backpacking trip and you may think well what does that have to do with youth ministry and all that kind of stuff but man it is a powerful mm-hmm. thing to be out in nature and and the kids most of the time really respond yeah. well to that right. so yeah it has really everything to do with youth oh, yeah. ministry you know when you think about it and some of the, you're just, you're creating space yeah. um, in a lot of ways, just space away from just normal activities or normal day to day, you know, rushing around. Um, but I think when you create space from a spiritual standpoint, when obviously it was a very intentional spiritual trip as well as fun, but I think when we create those spaces in our lives that that God blesses that God fills those spaces. If we can Mm. create those spaces for him to kind of speak to us, uh, he will come in. And, and I think that's what, you know, I know will felt the same way, just being able to, that's what nature does to us. Yeah. That's what God created that way. And that's why, uh, right. And I I don't know if we've mentioned it, but, uh, we were on another podcast here recently. We put it on our Facebook page meant to be outdoors. Yes. Um, as a podcast out of Springfield, and uh, we're actually going to have them on our podcast in a couple, yeah, in a weeks. couple of weeks. But their entire yeah. ministry is centered around getting in the outdoors yeah. and introducing uh, young people and their parents and families and really whoever wants to be involved uh, to nature and and to God's God's glory and His mm-hmm. His love that's demonstrated to us through through nature. Yeah. Well. We brought you on today, Jeremiah, because we thought we would have a discussion about, like I said, you've been a blessing to my family and to my children, and we thought we'd uh, we'd let you be a blessing to the, I don't know, how many people are out the, there the listening? Sharpener what do you community? think? The, the, the sharpener community. Yeah. <laughs> yeah there's got to be. The sharpener head. strong. The I, sharpener <laughs> well, yeah, I think we're up over 100. Uh, wow. A certain number of followers on Spotify and Apple and things like that, but... Hey, it could be it could be a lot more than that. It could be like thousands of people. <laughs> it could be. Maybe after this one. Yeah. Yeah. Jeremiah's on that. We're viral. Gonna, it's gonna go go viral. <laughs> but we th- we we appreciate you all listening. So hopefully, um, we're, we're able to give you some more wisdom today from a different perspective, the perspective of a youth minister. Because um, we talk about how this podcast, uh, Time to Sharpen, is about parents, teachers, and counselors. Mm-hmm. And Jeremiah is kind of all three. He's, uh, as, as a youth minister, he functions as a surrogate dad yeah. at times. Uh, you're, obviously, you have counseling skills mm-hmm. and training um, and chops. And then um, as, a, as a teacher, I mean, you teach Bible classes, you do all kinds of things. Yeah. So why don't you real briefly, before we get into our topic for the day, um, tell us uh, about Pomona and about your role there. Um, for our listeners who don't don't know right. who we are, yeah. Well, like I said, I've been there uh, now uh, in my 18th year, and 
I've always been the uh, youth minister to the 6th through 12th grade students there. That's kind of always been my role. And uh, part of that, kind of like uh, Axel said, there's there's a lot of different things. Um, but especially as I've gotten older, he mentioned the parent side of things. Um, a lot of times that's the way I view myself as not like a cool young guy hanging out with kids anymore, but more of a, hey, I'm a, I'm a dad to these guys and girls. And uh, so there's a big piece of that. Um, of course, uh, programming and, and organizing trips and trying to keep kids busy doing things other than, you know, getting into trouble and that kind of stuff. Uh, uh, trying to, you know, um, also teach in all kinds of ways and, and be, a, be a mentor myself, but also organize other mentors and uh, try to put kids around good people mm-hmm. is another big piece of this. So yeah, uh, those are... And what would you say is the key to your... Uh longevity as a youth minister well i would i would say it's a couple things i i wouldn't give myself a ton of the credit on that number one i happen to work at a great church that i i feel like that is probably the biggest reason Mm -hmm. uh love our church they've always taken very good care of me uh emphasizing you know self-care emphasizing you know like it's not all about just working until you can't anymore you know so we've we always had a pretty healthy uh view of work i think at our church and then also uh just finding a joy in working with kids like uh i did not plan on being a youth minister mm-hmm. i came to pomona because i like i liked the church and they had an opening as a youth minister and so mm-hmm. i said i'll do it and as i've grown into it i have learn to really love working with kids. Um, and so that's something that wasn't there at the beginning. And I think I stuck with it long enough to learn that. Mm-hmm. Uh, if, if there was anything that I did do, it was that. There, early on, there were times I wanted to quit. Yeah, uh, I wanted to do something else, but stuck with it and really learned to find a, a joy in working with the kids. Right. Yeah, I think from my experience too, you you've been really good at like delegating and using mm-hmm. a team approach, and that'll actually lead a little bit into what we're going to talk today about how God has designed the body of Christ to be a body. I mean, we use that term oh, yeah. sometimes um, without thinking about what it actually means. And and second or First Corinthians twelve lays it all out <clears throat> about how there, there's the hands. The hand can't say to the to the foot, I don't need you, and, and the foot can't say to the hand, I don't need you. And I think the team, the leadership team, the ministry team at, at Pomona does a good job of sharing that responsibilities and of, of reshuffling the deck every once in a while. It seems like oh, yeah. that's a common thing. It's like, well, this is, was working for a while, now it's not, so let's put whoever needs to be in charge of this in charge of this. No yeah. one gets their ego kind of too, right. too hurt with that. Yeah, I I totally agree with that, and that's as as I approach youth ministry. When you when you first start out, at least I thought I've got to be everything to every kid, mm-hmm. and like I got to you know fi- find something in common with every kid, and quickly learned that that is not the best approach. Um, I just can't. I am not going to connect with every kid, and uh, to to learn that, and then to say I need other adults. A lot of other adults, a lot of other uh, people pouring into these kids because uh, I can't 
I can't do it, and I don't really want to do it <laughs> with yeah. every kid. So, although I will say you're three for three with my kids. Oh yeah. So maybe you won't connect with Asher, <laughs> but I, I, I suspect you will. And then I guess Brandon's got got a few coming down the yeah, pipe. But, he's yeah, got so two he's in got there right two. now. Yeah. 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 So is there, when you're thinking about assembling a team of just trying to, how do you approach that as a youth minister and then just with obviously the parents that are there, obviously a lot of the parents that have kids are going to be those those people yeah. that are helping you out, but there could be some others that just want to be involved. But like, how do you handle that on a year-by-year basis or season-by-season? Season? You know, what does that look like? Well, you know, again, been fairly blessed in this area, but... Um, able to to approach some that uh you know of course have kids and that kind of thing that want to be involved but it it seems like the first thing that i'm looking for is people that actually like kids you know you can tell it's a good start you can tell immediately (laughs) like i've i've had people come to me and say hey i want to help with the youth group and so then i put them on a trip and i can tell they absolutely do not like kids. Like, I, don't, I don't know why they wanted to do this. So yeah. uh, we, we try to shift those people into a different direction. Um, but, you know, we have a lot of people that just volunteer that say, hey, and then just trying to figure out what they like to do. Um, you know, uh, we have a youth team and we meet regularly. Uh, actually, one of my favorite meetings is coming up here. We always do one in August where we have a meal together and, and just talk about the state of the youth ministry and trying to, and, and you know, people a lot of times speak up their ideas and, and share. And so we don't always do everything everybody wants to do, but, you know, try to do things for people that they are passionate about. Like some people love decorating our youth room and that's their thing. Or some people like to, uh, you know, do, I mean, some people love teaching. So let's, let's let them teach. Let's, mm-hmm put those people there and so just i don't know try to organize people where they want to be that's yeah. that's the key yeah, get them get them the on the right seat on the bus you kind of use that analogy sometimes around here oh yeah everyone's got a seat on the bus it's just to find the right one mm-hmm. yeah. yeah that's great what yeah we we see that a lot here with staff that, that come in that you figure out pretty quickly who's got the chops to to where the temperament, a lot of it with, yeah. with these guys, is like the withitness. Being able to hold uh, the structure of the program as well as the the relational element. I mean, that as yeah. a parent, as again, teachers, counselor, anybody working with kids, I think that is the difficulty is trying to maintain the structure so they know because kids are always going to push that boundary. Yeah. Um, but also being able to uh, come back to them and have that relationship and be able to create that space to have the relationship with them. So yeah. on all those fronts, it's uh, it, that's the challenge. That's the rub is to find that, that proper balance. And some people you can figure out real quick that they're, they're not, they're way off. They're uh-huh. just, those people get weeded out pretty quick. Or like you said, it's not like you you just try to find where they're able to serve right. better. Um, and yeah. that's, you know, the delegation portion of that. And one thing I thought of that, um, as you were talking about that, and I was just talking to one of our dads the other day about some other, um, things that he was working through and some decisions and just basically talking about the importance of 
uh, having good people around us. And, and we talk about that here at Whetstone. Ecclesiastes 4.12 is kind of one of the verses that we talk about with the boys. And we have a hat band that we braid. It's the cord of three strands. Mm-hmm. You know, though two may defend themselves, a cord of three strands is not quickly broken or easily broken. And it's just, you know, the idea of if we surround ourselves with good people and uh, other people speaking and other voices in our lives, um, we do that with our kids. How important is that for our kids and in youth ministry? It's there's things, Axel, that you can say to Caleb that Jeremiah can be saying the same thing. But because it's Jeremiah, it's not you. Yeah. Uh, he hears it. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so that's something from a youth ministry standpoint. Well, Jeremiah usually has a cool hat too and that, that helps <laughs> yeah you, the cool hat thing is right that's a, yeah you, know, you like this one is a, this is my howler, youth howler brothers heed the call maybe uh yeah talk about i just got this time. hat i just go went to vacation yeah. in colorado and oh, i i found it yeah. half off so right. i got it i don't even really know what it is it's pretty strong yeah, yeah. well thank was you. it a thrift store no it was a it was like a outdoor store and they had this bin outside yeah and I found this one. I found another one. I had to tell the story later. I won't tell it on air, but uh, <laughs> I, I had to take one hat back when I realized what it actually was. Oh, yeah. So. <laughs> that went a little over your head. Yeah, it did. <laughs> well, the sometimes, time. yeah, the, the, the youth in your uh, ministry will let you know very quickly oh, what man. something Oh, they did. That's a whole other, <laughs> they do. That's a whole other episode. Of, uh, yeah. Yeah, times when that, when oh. that happens. I, uh, can I say something to what Brandon yeah. was just saying? I, I totally agree with that uh, so much. Like, And uh, I, I just would, um, if I can remember exactly what I was going to say, but the one thing I was going to say about kids speaking into or being spoken into by other people, I have just seen that so much uh, personally lately. Um, I, of course, as a youth minister, I believe in that. I've always believed in that, but like, I have a daughter that's now 10 years old myself, and my goodness, how true that is with your own kids. Like, you can say it till you're blue in the face, but goodness, they will not listen to you, but somebody else speaks into them. And so I, that has been an, yeah. almost an encouragement to me as a youth minister because so many times you can think, well, is anybody listening mm. to what I have to say? Any kid in the youth group? Right. But they're probably listening to me a, a lot better than their parents at times, and and so uh, that's a that's a a good thing for for me and for all of us to remember, yeah. is you don't know who you might be speaking into their life, and they are actually listening to you, yeah. and they needed to hear that from you. So mm-hmm. that's a good. Well, speaking about uh, speaking into people's lives and surrounding ourselves with good people, um, the opposite of that is true also right mm. the old idea of a uh, one bad apple corrupts the mm. corrupts the group oh yeah and uh with our guy i'm not gonna say our guys are bad apples <laughs> um but i did have one guy who put it in perspective to me one year this is early on uh maybe second or third year we were at the ranch and uh he was he just rejected this notion that whetstone was going to be good for him because it was going to separate him from the wrong crowd everyone's always talking to him about you need to to find a different crowd, you know, you're hanging out with the wrong crowd. He's like, no, you don't understand, Mr. Limita. I am the wrong crowd. <laughs> and I was like, okay, well, I can work with that. At least you're being honest about yeah. it. And some of that was just being braggadocious and, and low self-esteem, but but some of, that, some of that's true. And so I mentioned that only to say that we have to be careful about 
the interaction that uh, that we seek out with the boys here at the ranch in terms of their peer groups, mm-hmm. because they, un- unfortunately, during this time of their life while they're struggling, they tend to seek out the lowest common denominator, and so, um, and this happens no matter where we go, <laughs> and uh, so we have to have close monitoring, and we also want to keep whatever youth that we're interacting with safe, because yeah. our boys have issues that really prevent them from from interacting with other. Uh, teens on a one-to-one or anything like that. So we thought we'd, we'd get your uh, perspective on some of that and also um, give you an opportunity to talk to us about ways, appropriate ways, to involve youth groups with struggling teens. And you mentioned before we, we started recording that that's been a difficulty for you over the years. Like, I'm sure there have been times when you've had to tell kids Maybe not, but I think you hinted at the fact that you've had to say to some kids, no, this isn't the right trip for you. And maybe you weren't specific about the reason why, but the real reason why was I I can't trust you. I don't I don't know your background. I don't know uh, how safe it's going to be to to let you spend a lot of time. You have a a duty to the parents who are sending their kids on the trip also and trusting that you're going to keep them safe. So let's start there. Have you had situations like that and how have you navigated them as a youth minister and what's the... Yeah. The right well, call so uh, my uh, uh, like as I, I became a youth minister, there's a lot of uh, of ideas out there that are just kind of commonly thought. I feel like in youth ministry, mm-hmm. and one of those is you your job is to just welcome every kid and get as many kids to be a part of your youth ministry as you can. Like that is the goal the biggest youth group taking the most kids everywhere and you know always been a little skeptical of that as i've been in it because that is not always the best um you of course i want every kid to to hear about who jesus is and what he's done for them and all that but as you guys have mentioned and you know there's a lot of kids that that is not gonna be the first thing they need you know they need a lot of other things and so over the years, I've had several different kids, um, you know, uh, especially when I was younger, with that mindset, I would just say, yeah, bring them on, and then there was there was uh, trouble uh, right. at times. Well, and to, and to be blunt, we don't need to put too fine a point on it. I mean, we're dealing with, like, drugs at times. Yeah. We're dealing with um, reenactment issues, um, sexual identity stuff, uh, perpetration stuff that is like, that's real stuff. That's mm-hmm. like law enforcement needs to get involved if, if yeah. you have stuff like that going on. And so that's what we're talking about. We're not talking about a kid in the corner who's on his phone and who makes snide sure. comments. Sure. I mean, you're better than anyone I've seen about letting that kind of stuff roll off your back. Um, and I think you have to have that gift as a youth minister. Uh-huh. You can't get too in the weeds and picky about that yeah. stuff. You'll drive people away. So we're talking about what is that line of like true safety, okay. not inconvenience, not just this is annoying to me and other people, although that can reach a point where someone has to be removed from the group as well. So yeah. where, yeah, well, how do we... Well, let me, I'll give an example mm-hmm. from when I first started, and I I think I would treat it differently today yeah. had this happened in, in today. Uh, so I... I'd, I think I'd only been a youth minister a year or or maybe a little more than that, but uh, a parent, uh, not of uh, of this kid, she was the aunt 
of a of a kid dropped a boy off and said, "Hey, here's this boy. He's going to go with you. We were going to the homeless shelter in Kansas City to do a service project, and we were staying overnight in the church and everything. And she said, "Hey, here's my nephew. Uh, he just got out of rehab, mm-hmm. and uh, I had no idea who the kid was. Uh, and if that happened today, I would say no." Mm-hmm. we're not going to do that. Right. Um, but then I said, okay, bring him on. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. And come to find out he was, uh, you know, still wrestling with a lot of things. I won't get into all the stuff, but it, we, we had a good trip. He stuck with the youth group, actually baptized him like a year and a half later. Wow. Well, it was, so it was a neat thing. And that's one of those stories that youth ministers tell. Yeah. It's like, oh, look at this. But I don't know if that, I, and I know that wasn't the wisest thing yeah. for us to do. So in that case, like th- like you said, like if there is danger posed, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, you don't. Well, I think the reality, especially with our phones and media and access today, that even parents that are quasi plugged into what their kids are doing really a lot of them have no idea what really maybe they've been exposed to mm-hmm. and it's scary to to understand just i mean we don't we don't even have enough time elapsed yet really with these phones to really get a, a full picture of what that yeah. does to our brains and and the pathways there and just the bottom line in a youth group setting or at a boys ranch or at a school i mean how does that look with what uh, you know our teenage boys are thinking about and, and uh, with with girls and we don't we have no history of yeah. you know so in a situation like that you have no idea of the history and even the boys we get all the background of a lot of the boys we work with but a lot of times we don't even get the full story of yeah. of everything that's happened and some of that stuff comes out later on and yeah. the depth of that stuff is you know the point is that as a parent. You have to be so plugged in um, and intentional with your kids um, and to help be um, that extra voice um, to, to work together as a team. Like everybody's got to be so plugged in because we don't understand um, the exposure uh, that these guys have and the propensity to, to perpetuate some of the things that they've, you know, some of the, you know, the sexual, right. the sexual stuff and, really and, is, is really uh, a, sure. a big part of what we're talking and, about. And that's also, that's protecting the child who is struggling as well, mm-hmm. not putting him in a situation to fail. Mm-hmm. So we're, we're coming at this from a position of, of love and of wanting to reach, like you said, as many people as we can with the message of Christ. But the Bible says to be as wise as serpents, but as innocent as doves. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And uh, it sounds like, 20 years ago you were as innocent as a dove and God <laughs> God chose to bless that innocence which is great but now you have more experience and you have more yeah. wisdom and you would you would apply it differently so um, well I it, don't think that yeah I don't think either decision was wrong sure yeah well also a big thing for me and you know any youth ministers that are younger out there I would just encourage this is like you you can say no like you have been given that that particular duty yeah. at times mm-hmm. and i didn't i don't know if i fully knew i could say no at that time mm-hmm. like uh as a as somebody you know my thought everybody gets to come that is the goal and 
you know, sometimes for safety, various reasons, a kid does not get to go. Mm-hmm. And uh, I mentioned this beforehand, but another one that's I've I've told kids if we have issues, you will not be on a trip like this again for for reasons of not just you know I wasn't afraid they were going to hurt somebody, mm-hmm. but I was worried they were going to distract from everything we were trying to do as a group and. I think that's also a viable reason sometimes. Yeah. Like, and I'm protecting the the group, you know, exactly. which is my job. Uh, I think not always the individual kid who's really struggling, and that's not necessarily my job as a youth minister. I don't think. Right. Uh, that's your job. Yeah. <laughs> but, <laughs> well, the, the the verse that's oftentimes, uh, for lack of a better word, weaponized to to against youth ministers at times is yeah. like the, the 90 and the nine, right? Oh yeah. Jesus left the, the 99 okay, yeah. in the fold. He went out to get the one. And, and so that's what you should be doing. And, um, I think I like the way that you put that. I mean, that's, that's Whetstone's job. We're a part of, we're a body of Christ. Yes. Your job is to serve that 99. Our job is to serve that one that is so far removed from the, the other flock. Sure. Someone has to go get him. But it's maybe not your job and the job of other 13 and 14 year olds yes. to yeah. go out there and fight that battle, because uh, that's what you're really doing is you're you're exposing them and you're risking their well being for. And I think that I think that what's what Jesus is saying in that parable. Right. I don't either. Yeah. yeah. Well, and we are faced with that decision even here. You know, it's mm-hmm. constantly of like look assessing a boy's progress here or his lack of progress, and mm-hmm. thinking is this the right program for him? I mean, that's been the 13 years here, really trying to hone down which families and boys work best in the environment that we try to set up here. And some of them need to go to a higher level of care. And because of what we talked about, like something comes up that maybe we didn't know, or we just figure out that maybe something happens with the environment here that is not conducive and the safety of the other kids we have to keep in mind. And he has to go to a a higher level of care. And so that just is what it is. And and part of that is just uh, using the wisdom that you've learned over the years, um, from other situations that maybe God has uh, saved you from, mm-hmm. <laughs> you wouldn't do it again, but he blessed that situation either way. But he gives us the wisdom and the sharpening to to be able to to use that experience to, to ultimately just keep, you know, we want to do what's right for these kids and, um, and let God provide the increase. They see a different way. We don't, you know, if we had to send them to another program or we had to send them out of the youth group or off a trip, I mean, we often say we sharpen the character of young men by saying no. (laughs) You know, a lot of times they just need to be told no. And it's like, okay, well, why can't I go on this trip? It's a, at the end of the day, it's a healthy thing. You know, if they choose to use that to grow, then yeah, it's a, Uh, you know, it's a, it's a youth group and it's, part of being a part of that is learning to be a part of a group. Mm -hmm. And so if you can't function in that group, then you don't get to be a part of it. Yeah. And, and that's a, that's a learning experience in itself, like you said. Yeah. And the opposite is also true. And let's maybe approach this, um, from the, from the other angle too, which is the kids in the youth group who don't understand a kid who's been through a, a, 
really maybe a horrible life experience. And they may see the, the outward working out of that, of that trauma, and they may see awkwardness, and they may see uh, attempts to connect with people that are misguided and, and strange. Like, they have to be educated about that on some level, too. And they have to show grace and love and yes. understanding. And we, as ministers of the gospel, need to have patience with people. So let's let's talk about it from that perspective. What what do you do as a youth minister to reach out to kids who are in that situation? Let's say they pass the test of not being a physical danger to physical the kids danger, in the youth group. Yeah. But there's still a handful. You know what I'm talking yes. about. <laughs> oh, yeah. So... What have you learned over the years that's worked for you as a youth minister? Um, and what can you share with our audience and, and honestly with us as, as we kind of work with the young people in that situation? Well, that's, that's also a tough, tough question there. Uh, I would say, first of all, I try to make it a regular part of our teaching is to be, to be welcoming and like emphasize that. That is a struggle for uh, high school, junior high kids. It doesn't matter who is coming in new. They struggle with stepping outside of themselves and welcoming anyone new in. So especially somebody that's different or is awkward or, or that kind of a thing is a, is a big thing. And so uh, the best help for that is to that I have seen or tried to do is go to some of our more mature kids and talk with them, you know, individually or maybe a smaller group, like three or four of them and say, Hey, you guys see this person here. Let's just be honest. They're a little different. Let's uh, make an effort here. You guys specifically, I'm giving you this challenge Mm -hmm. to reach out to that, that person and try to welcome them in. It's going to be awkward. It is, but that's okay. It doesn't, that's, that's not, Mm -hmm. uh, and then maybe other teenagers will follow their lead. Yeah. yeah. And, you know, there is always this, like, breaking point or something like that where everybody sees somebody that's different and they all welcome them. I've seen it over the years, like, and it's a, uh, I can't explain it. I can't even, you know, necessarily say how to make it happen always. But, um, you know, where that person feels like they're a part of the group and they're still weird, mm-hmm. but everybody just says, "Yeah, they're weird." Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. And they're a part of the group, and that's a—I think that's a really beautiful thing yeah. when it happens. But like, you've got to have some people buying into it, and yeah. and that person, you know, that's the other thing is is always hard. Is a lot of times that person that's different or has some issues, they know they have issues. Mm-hmm. And, you know, they are very guarded about that. And, you know, it's hard for them to open up, too. And sure. so, you know, just talking about that a lot, I, I try to talk about that a lot in our, our meetings and, and just to be aware. Uh, I'm not saying it always works or it's always perfect, but, you know. Yeah, yeah we, we use a similar strategy here with boys maybe who are further along in the program or who have that gift of maybe connecting with people or, or speaking in such a way that f- makes other people listen. Like yeah. Some people just ha- are able to hold a room. They have that charisma and they just have it. Yes. You know, um, kind of like the, <laughs> the girl who's singing in, in uh, school of rock. 
Oh, yeah. Which we're going to get to. We want to talk a little bit about School of Rock today. (laughs) We're running out of time, but I thought I'd squeeze it in where uh, he asked them to sing. Jack Black in the movie School of Rock is putting together a, a band kind of without the permission of the school as a fake substitute teacher, if you haven't seen the movie. And he gets this idea that he's going to put this band together and he's going to use the students to to basically right. help him win this competition. And he's he's doing it in, in school as a class project and he's identifying who, uh, which of these students are going to be good at what. And he, he needs singers. He's like, he asks one girl to sing and she starts singing and she's like, you have it. I don't even know what it is. But, <laughs> but you got it. You got it. But you, you got, got it. it. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> so some kids just have it. They have that ability um, to make other kids listen to them. We call it having a ringer here at the ranch. That's the terminology that okay. we've used. It's yeah. like, oh, yeah, he's a ringer. We're going to be able a to. hawk. Uh, maybe. <laughs> maybe. Although a bird yeah. could be a ringer, too. But, yeah, it's someone that's able to do that. Um, and we all have different different gifts. Yeah. Um, and that's, uh, we've already talked about Second Corinthians, but in that School of Rock scene, that really becomes, is, is made very clear as well about who has, who has, gifts yeah. and how we're all going to come together for the benefit of the band right yeah right and the people who don't seemingly have any roles uh-huh. at first are kind of outcasts but he kind of brings them in yeah you know figures out how to get everybody involved and, and that's this that's the skill you had mentioned but in preparing for this podcast that you've often thought about that scene in the film and how yeah. it applies to youth ministry what was specifically well, what are you drawn to well, the scene the whole movie has always kind of i don't know if it's spoken to me but like it's uh jack black and how he deals with kids mm-hmm. i've always thought man he, he would be a great youth minister <laughs> he, like, he would be an awesome youth he, minister. he I would just, go to that i would go to that class he can speak to each kid he knows kind of which button to push to yeah. get them motivated right. uh just just the the variety of ways that he does that and then you know with an eye for kids like he sees the kid and he sees what they're good at and he's able to put them in the right spot so i i see that a lot um as as a huge benefit in youth ministry and you know like again a kid i think they they have this idea or they know sometimes what their talent is but they're scared to share Mm -hmm. what that is they're scared to step out and yeah uh, you see that in that movie and he he brings it out of them and man that's that's what a youth minister is oftentimes needing to do. So, yeah. Yeah, that's a, a great point. Just thinking about our roles uh, as parents and, and youth workers is, and how we grow, right? It's like we put ourselves in uncomfortable situations is, mm. is how we grow or when we grow the most. So maybe it's you recognizing the leaders in your youth group and intentionally empowering those and just saying, look, I need you guys to step up. If anybody's going to do it, it's you guys because you have it as far as getting this person to feel more welcome than they already do. Or let's go out and and, and do a youth trip where we're going to hike five to six miles a day. Some kids may really struggle with that six miles and wearing a backpack, and that's going to push those people. Or there's going to be uncomfortable conversations, and you have... You know, when I, I think about the youth group growing up, the icebreakers, I always hated the icebreakers. Just like, <laughs> These are so stupid, you know, just like because the reason is you're out of your comfort zone. Right. I don't I feel stupid. I don't want to do this. But it's like you're forcing uh, kids to to do things they don't normally do. And all those things as 
uh, with us being intentional, uh, that's our job. That's and, and if we do it well, and the people who do it the best is uh, you're able to draw those things out and really put them in situations that they haven't experienced and and maybe they see something in themselves because that they haven't seen before. And I feel like that's a lot of the ethos of what we try to do here is a lot of different activities between outdoor stuff, adventure program, woodworking, uh, the school, you know, we talked about all the different kinds of music and what can we introduce them to that they haven't been introduced to before in an effort to maybe help create more of an identity of what they, or, or just more of, uh, what they're, what they enjoy doing yeah. and who, the, the skills that God gave them, the talents that God gave them, help them see that more. Yeah. Well, th- there's a term, it's kind of fallen out of favor probably, but I used to hear it a lot, uh, unchurched. Oh yeah. Do you remember that term? Yeah. I, I, it's, I guess it's not, it's probably not popular anymore. I don't know. I still Is hear it occasionally. You still hear it? Yeah. Yeah. It's kind of a weird phrase taking church and using it like as a verb, basically kind <laughs> yeah. of saying he's, he's unchurched or yeah, you're churched unchurched. or unchurched. Um, it's a funny word to say it over and over again. It sounds like church, church, church. So uh, unchurched, they don't they don't know how to do church, right? All of these systems and uh, there's a good movie called uh, How to Save a Life. Have you seen that? It's a yes. It's a it uh, faith based film. Yeah, about a teenager who's in the party yes. crowd and he's got a girlfriend. I do. What's that girl's name? Um, we did watch that yeah, years ago. It's, it's well There's done. like a, a youth minister, and mm-hmm. he wakes up in the middle of the night. Maybe is that right? More. Yep. Yes. Is that right? I do remember that. Be, but yeah, I remember he goes to one of the first introductions he has to youth group is one of these really ridiculous icebreakers, you know, yeah. like, uh, and he's just like, is this this is this what being a Christian's about? Like yeah. this, my, my, my Caleb told me a funny one the other day. I don't know if you did this or he heard about it. Putting on like a pantyhose and trying to eat a banana through the pantyhose over your head. Okay. Yeah, I don't think I've done that one. <laughs> I've done some done, stupid ones. You've but... probably done some misguided ones over oh, the yeah. years, maybe. But oh, yeah. all in the interest of trying to make you feel comfortable. Definitely. Which is good. That's a good uh, desire to yeah. try to do that. But sometimes we can get a little have far some fun. And, and get a little weird. But yeah, <laughs> we have to. I think what I'm getting at here is that we have to be willing to get outside of our comfort zone to reach out to people who are uh, out of their comfort zone, yeah. right? You gotta find that that balance of, of welcoming and uh, and reaching out and being vulnerable. Yeah. Yeah. That is definite for sure. And like I said, kids struggle with that, but adults struggle with it too. Like, you uh-huh. know, it's a constant struggle. Uh, I think at any church and in our church in, in, is to make – remove those things that make a new person, an unchurched person, mm-hmm. feel like, what is this? This is mm-hmm. weird. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, and especially so if you're a teenager. Yes. Like you've just recently moved away from calling the youth ministry worship stir. Yes, that's right? right, yeah. And I thought your reasoning for that was really sound. Like a teenager comes in and they're like, do I want to go to something called stir? Yeah, well, what's going on in there? No, no idea what that even yeah. means. And you know, there was a time those kind of names were kind of cool and yeah. something. Hey, let's go to Stir and stuff, or or whatever your name right. was. But and I'm sorry, it served a purpose. Egg. It's you know, <laughs> extreme you. Yeah, extreme you. That was it. <laughs> or something with a pun on coffee. Or yeah, sure. You know, um, but yeah, not. The, I'm and I'm not mocking that choice to do that. I think that no. was good. I I kind of miss calling it stir, but I I understood your reasons for just calling it youth worship. 
Yeah. Let's just let's that's what it down is. Down the barrier. We are, we already have too many barriers for people who are yeah. trying to to get plugged in here. So yeah, I, that's another great thing is like try and view it. It's hard for us to do. Mm-hmm. Uh, try to view what you're doing through the eyes of somebody who is on the fringe or never been to church before, or you know, um, and, and see what what it what could make it easier for that person right here. Yeah, yeah, we're looking at them thinking, oh, this guy's weird. The, the reality is we're the weird ones. <laughs> yeah. The, the church is the weird one. Yeah, definitely. Uh, to, to expect people to come in and get plugged in, we, we're going to have to do a lot to, to reach out and get them. Those of us who have been to church our whole life, it's not weird. Right. But if you've never been, just stepping in the door mm-hmm. is a big, a big thing. So, yeah. yeah. For sure. Well, I just I'd probably end on we'd mentioned I think we mentioned earlier that sometimes our you know we probably bring our boys you know twice a month to Pomona and it's just been you'd mentioned just the hit the your history with the church has been bolstered or the longevity by just the quality of the people in the mm, church and yes. that's just man it's been a Pomona's been such a blessing to our families but also the Whetstone family and the boys of just uh accepting of us and um and loving on on the boys and so we're we're thankful for that and thankful you know for for you as a part of the team um, of people there that, that welcome us and our boys and it's been uh, good both ways for sure yeah yeah, yeah and just thank uh Pomona Church Christian Church publicly for all the support over the years the financial and the moral and the spiritual support that you've given us uh yeah. It's been a real blessing. Yeah. yeah, I was talking with you, I think Axel, but I just feel like it's been a great partnership. Mm-hmm. Can can definitely grow in that, but man, it's been a blessing for both sides. I think. Yeah, you're you're the people here at Whetstone being a part of our church and us helping when we can over here. It's just been a good thing. Yeah, yeah. For a while there, we were uh, all the the, the flow of. Uh, People would be, they'd start here, then they would go to Pomona. Yeah, Pomona would yeah, suck I, our health out. Why the other way? How come it doesn't work the other way? We need to get some people from Pomona coming here. It's their due. Yeah. Yes, I guess come. we've had some employees, probably uh, some part time people who yeah. maybe we kind of got from got the church. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> yeah. 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 Well, who's, uh, who's had the longer youth ministry career between you and Marcus? So how, how Oh, it's definitely Marcus? me. Okay. I'm like, a good eight years past him. I think <laughs> okay, he so was you, the youth you, minister for 10 years. You blew him out of the water a while yes, ago. Yeah. I couldn't remember the timing before he became the pastor. There. <laughs> yeah. So. I mean, he's been at the church quite a bit longer than me, but. Yeah. Um, yeah. Gotcha. Youth ministry, I've been there the longest. Well, we've had Troy on. We've had you on now. Yeah, so yeah. I guess we're going to have to get Marcus on at some yep. point. Yeah. I'm sure we can get him to talk about. The Broncos. Yeah. <laughs> if we can connect the Broncos to, to Whetstone, we're golden. We'll, we'll get the whole episode there. As <laughs> if you do the Chiefs, if you can connect the well, Chiefs. Yeah, yeah uh, maybe a, a Bronco fan living in the Chiefs land. Like, he's a chief country. He's a, a resident alien. Yeah. You can do <laughs> something on that. Well, thank you, Jeremiah, for coming on. Uh, this has been good. Um, Oh, thank you also to, to Thomas Brown for helping us to stitch this together. And um, just want to say, Tom, you got it. I, I don't know what it is, but you got it. And I'm not talking about like the film It, although <laughs> yeah. if the shoe fits. Oh man. Uh, <laughs>
get on with it. Yes, get on with it. So thanks, Tom, for helping us out, out with this. Uh, thanks for listening to Time to Sharpen, and we'll catch you next time. Take care. Bye-bye. Whetstone Boys Ranch is a therapeutic boarding school located in the scenic Ozarks of Southern Missouri. It was founded in 2011 to serve families from around the country who are struggling with challenging behaviors from their 12 to 16 year old sons. Our mission is to sharpen the character of young men. Please visit whetstoneboysranch.com if you want to learn more about our program or about how to contact us for help. Thanks for listening and we hope to catch you next time on A Time to Sharpen.